Lakes1.com. Welcome to Around the Lakes, getting you out and about in the Finger Lakes and taking a peek behind the curtain at some cool organizations in the region. Uh, today we have Gabriela Quintanilla in studio. She's here to talk about the rural and migrant ministry and some of the awesome things they have going on. Gabriela, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me here today. So uh, let's start with what's, what is uh, the ministry and, and how did that sort of found and then also, what's what's the reach here in the in the Finger Lakes? Yes, yeah, so Rural Migrant Ministry um, was founded many decades ago, um, before I was born, <laughs> and it was um, a bunch of churches that came together at the time and decided that they didn't want to be um, just another church. So they created a nonprofit organization to help um, people in rural areas um, of New York. And so ever since Rural Migrant Ministry has changed a lot, uh, it went from having one um, office in Poughkeepsie and helping the people of the Hudson Valley to now having uh, three centers across the state of New York. Uh, we have a center in Long Island, out in Riverhead, um, and we work pre- predominantly with uh, farm worker families. And then we have another center in the Catskills and one in Lyons, which is where I am located. Mm-hmm. And, of course, how did you uh, get involved with the organization, or how did you come to find the organization yourself? Yeah, so I um, became part of the RMM family when I was uh, 14 years old. Um, so RMM is well known for uh, working with farm workers and advocating for farm workers and also providing uh, different programming for the children of farm workers. So um, when I was 14, uh, my mother worked in a poultry factory in the Catskills and I learned about their overnight camp. So it's a uh, one week uh, camp where different students from all over the state of New York of rural areas come together and learn about um, youth empowerment and that's how I became to meet Rural Migrant Ministry. That's awesome. And, and your uh, your ties to the Finger Lakes, um, obviously, I, you went to school at Hobart William Smith? I did not. You did not? No. Okay. So I, um, long story short, I grew up in the Catskills uh, for half of my life um, and then went to Stony Brook University okay. and then um, got offered a job with Rural Migrant Ministry and came out to the Finger Lakes. So it's really interesting because it seems like on a lot of the college campuses, that is where uh, the organization is most strong. That seems to be where there's the most chatter and discussion about the awesome things that you guys are doing. Um, to that end, uh, when you guys are, are talking to these college students who aren't just from around this area, yeah. um, what's the reception been like to the work that you guys are doing and some of the ideas that you guys are trying to uh, get going and sort of get off the ground and rolling? Very positive. Uh, In fact, we have a lot of interns that come to uh, all the different centers that we have across the state of New York from um, out state. You know, the interns are from different colleges around around the the United States. So that's really awesome that, you know, people out in the world are noticing the the work that we're doing. But also we have strong ties to HWS because it's the closest uh, college campus to us. And like you mentioned, it's where you know, all these conversations that matter and actions take place. So we have uh, a great partnership with them. Is that one of the the big opportunities that you guys sort of have before you is to uh, take a a sort of use college uh, campuses as, as a little bit of an epicenter where you can start some dialogue that then spreads out beyond into the communities that neighbor around it? Yeah, absolutely. I would say so for sure. So... Talk to us a little bit about what some of the 
uh, what some of the things are that uh, the, the ministry is working on, uh, not only on just sort of on the ground level, but also in, the, in terms of advocacy yeah. uh, and what you guys are trying to fight to change. Absolutely. So for the last uh, 20 years, we've been fighting for what is called the Farm Worker Labor Practices Act. And it's a bill that would give farm workers in the state of New York a day of rest, uh, the right to collectively bargain, and, um, and overtime pay amongst other things, but those are like the main key points of the bill. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've been fighting really, really hard um, to to make this a law, to protect all farm workers and their families, and we finally have 32 co-sponsors in the Senate, and we hope that this year um, the bill will become law in the state of New York. And so we're having a rally that we do every year um, in Albany. We call it Farm Worker Albany Day. And this year is going to happen May 6th. And so now that you're giving me the opportunity, we're leaving um, at 7, 7 a.m. from the park and ride at exit 42. Uh, we're providing transportation for anybody who uh, wants to join us and there's more information on how to register on our website rural and migrant ministry.org and as you look at sort of the the multi-prong because as you noted there are a lot of different components to what you're trying to change um, is it one of those scenarios where you guys kind of pick certain things that you want to focus on that you think will be um, the best uh, the best options, I guess, to pursue and then try to work on some of the peripheral items as they come up? Or how do you guys sort of approach, um, I guess, the ideation of the, the changes that you ultimately want to see? Yeah, that's a great question because actually um, the Farm Worker Labor Practices Act bill came from the farm workers themselves. And before I joined RMM and before I knew about RMM, there was a group of farm workers called uh, CITA, Centro Independiente de Trabajadores Agricolas. Uh, so um, Independent Center for Farm Workers and the translation. Um, and they came together and they're based on their own um, obstacles and struggles and what they were experiencing in the fields, they decided that they needed something that would protect them. And in fact, uh, farm workers are the only ones excluded from the labor laws in New York State. So mm -hmm. so we're trying to change that. And um, unfortunately, CITA fell apart, but um, there were different components and one of them was the advocacy. And so um, different organizations were involved with CITA and Rural Migrant Ministry took it upon themselves to continue the advocacy part of this bill to not let it die so and and to the point that the work you guys are doing is so important what do you guys sort of feedback what kind of feedback do you guys get from not only the community at large but the the actual farming community and agricultural industry obviously it's super prominent throughout the finger lakes in western new york um what is some of the feedback that you guys see and hear whether it's critical or supportive so it's both, right? Uh, there's people that are against this bill because they believe that, you know, farm workers after 40 hours, uh, they can't, they won't be able to work after 40 hours. And it seems uh, really daunting to everybody that uh, agriculture could function on 40 hours. And of course, we understand that, you know, that's, that's a problem, right? Um, because agriculture just like, 
any other sector is different and uh, it requires a lot more time and and we understand that and we're willing to to come to a, a compromise in terms of the overtime pay that's the biggest thing for farmers um, and so the su- the support on the farmers end has been sort of split we have some farmers that support this but are caught up at the overtime pay um, and so we're, we're we're hoping that we can have dialogue with the farm bureau we're hoping that uh, we could we can come to an agreement and of course um, we're already doing surveys in the community to ask the farm workers what would be what would be fair and just to you and your family and the work that you're doing um, and so we're starting those conversations in terms of the overtime pay that's the biggest and it's interesting thing. because like you said it's it's really complicated right like the, the the entire agricultural industry in New York State is super complicated to begin with and yeah. outside of New York State too but that said, as you guys look forward, and obviously you, you don't know for sure right now how what the outcome of this particular fight is going to uh, be, this has to be the beginning, right? This isn't this isn't sort of a solve all to all of the problems inside the the ag industry um, for the for farm workers, right? Right, absolutely, yeah. I mean, this is the beginning of of many things. Just like uh, asking for toilets in the field was the beginning of something, and uh, drinkable water in the fields, you know, um, years ago, and we had you know people against that as well. And our message is, you know simple these are people who pick our fruit every day fruits and vegetables and they deserve dignity and respect for the work that they're doing and i think that overall overall agriculture is not valued you know as other sectors which is crazy because we depend on it um for yeah for every day so getting back to the the overtime portion of this which obviously is the more contested uh part what is the the argument that you guys uh, bring to the table, or what is the information that you guys bring to the table to try and um, put some of those folks who are concerned about that part of this at ease, or at least make them a little more comfortable with um, the fact that, like you said, it's a dialogue. It's not meant to be a strict, stringent line. Uh, this is where it has to be and nowhere else. Yeah, absolutely. We want to work together. You know, we want to work together with the farmers. We understand their struggle, uh, but we, we also want them to understand that cases of abuse have happening in, in other farms. You know, there's a lot of farmers out there who are great and are treating their workers fairly, and that's awesome. But we need a law that's going to protect all farm workers in the state of New York, right? Um, from, you know, getting their wages stolen, from sexual harassment in the field, um, uh, from not, you know, paying them enough, uh, from overworking them. So we just need a law that is going to protect all farm workers. And you asked me before that um, this was just the beginning of other issues. And of course, so I don't know if you've heard of the, uh, the green light campaign happening in the state of New York, uh, driver's licenses for undocumented immigrants. And that's another, that's another factor of all of this. The farm worker bill can protect uh, workers in terms of their rights in the field and, and labor laws. But when it comes to driver's licenses, that's not something that is part of this bill, and it's also necessary for um, the workers to drive out to the farms mm-hmm. and buy their own groceries and take their families out and take their kids to school. And yeah, there. And, and it seems to be that when we we see this this debate, this sort of conversation unfold um, in, in a lot of unfiltered settings. It defaults to this idea that there is some sort of handout being administered or that there is some, 
but it's it's really it seems to be more based in at least in terms of this equality and just sort of leveling the playing field and making sure that all bases are covered that way there there isn't this giant um liability sitting on the table for any party involved right exactly absolutely yes and there's definitely no handout being yeah. given um you know this is about uh human rights is about dignity and respect and acknowledging uh the people that are behind the biggest industries mm -hmm. in this country uh and when it comes to the green light uh we're just trying to uh reinstate something that was already in place before 9 11. so mm -hmm. it's not something that is just coming out it's of not the blue. new it's, it's not new <laughs> yeah we're just yeah. you know trying to get it back in place so obviously there have been in the last uh, i'd say two to three to four months um, a lot of headlines about the decline of family-owned farms. And I'm just curious because that was one of the pieces of feedback we got coming into this um, was a lot of questions around is is this sort of irregularity that we're seeing within the, the farm workers space related at all to the decline of some of the smaller family-owned farms who might have, um, frankly, been been more, more mindful and paid closer attention to uh, the folks who were working for them on their properties? I I wouldn't, you know, the small family farms, I don't think it has anything to do with that farm worker bill that's right now, uh, you know, trying to become law. Um, I would say perhaps, um, perhaps the guest worker program coming in to bigger farms. Um, that That's all I would have to say on right. that, yeah. So now that you guys sort of, you, you look, uh, obviously, Big event coming up, obviously a big moment for you guys in the beginning of May. Um, after that, though, where does where does it pivot? Does it turn? Does it shift? What what do you guys do? What's the the sort of follow up to that? Well, we hope that it will become law, and you know we'll have a celebration, right? And most importantly, we're going to start educational trainings uh, with the people that we work with, and uh, letting them know about their rights and how, if it becomes law, um, how it has changed and what their they have access to now. So they know how to better protect themselves and advocate for themselves in the fields. And, and as you uh, talk to different folks in the industry, and then also I'm assuming you guys are in pretty regular conversation with elected leaders and officials too, um, what's that confidence level look like in terms of uh, will this get through, will this become law by the end of session this time around? We have really high hopes, uh, right? Nothing is certain and anything can change, but that's why we ask the community for support, to call your local, local representatives um, and join us for Albany Day and other actions that we're going to have this summer um, to keep pushing to make sure that this will become law. So thank you for mentioning that. Um, other events this summer, what are some of the ways that, that the average listener, the average average person who's just casually consuming this um, could could get involved, could help what you guys are trying to do? So once a month we have something called the Justice Celebration, which is a gathering where people come together and learn about what's happening in the community, in the farm worker community, and it's a time to meet the people that we work with and um, to strengthen our, our partnership with allies. Uh, but we also work with um, the children of farm workers, as I mentioned before. We have a group called Justice Organization of Youth, and they do theater for social justice. Uh, they write their own stories. Stories, um, 
they write about their own stories um, of being uh, children of farm workers and you know going to school in a rural setting and things like that and so we're often looking for volunteer drivers and during the summer we host this um, two-week day summer program for elementary schoolers and middle schoolers out in Lyons and we need people to volunteer to cook we need people to um, recommend some counselors that can be part of our team and driving is the most the biggest thing right. of, of what we do because, you know, rural area, we have to drive a lot and the families that we work with often have uh, limited access to transportation. So for all of the programming that we do, we pick up uh, the children at their house and we drop them off. Um, so that's, yeah, that's a way that people could get involved. Um, I would love to have a stronger uh, volunteer team. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you mentioned transportation and being in rural communities. Um, How does that affect the way you guys have to sort of um, mobilize what you do and bring it to folks rather than if you're in a Rochester or Syracuse or even in New York City, a place like that, where the people, the volunteers, um, the audience sort of comes to you? Yeah, yeah. It's difficult, you know. Uh, it requires a lot of, um, f- you know, calling people, uh, making sure that they can be there, and uh, emphasizing that we will provide transportation, we will provide childcare, we will have interpretation because s- some of the events that we do is for both the farm worker community, but also for uh, the allies that support the organization. So often, you know, we need. Um, we need interpretation. And so emphasizing those things over and over is what uh, allows us to bring people together. And, of course, before we get you on your way, uh, let everybody know where they can find you guys, where they can connect with you, whether that's on social media or, of course, on your website. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can look us up on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Rural and Migrant Ministry, and um, you can go to our website, ruralmigrantministry.org, uh, and you can contact me at my email address, Gabriella with one L, Q dot R-M-M at gmail.com. Appreciate the time, Gabriella. Thanks for coming in. Thank you so much.